Good day! My name is Sky, and I appreciate you spending some study time with me. I'm here to help you make money in online poker by teaching you key strategies and getting you to take action. Today's episode is going to be a huge eye-opener for all of you because a problem that many people come to me with is that they chase quote-unquote optimal statistics. They hear from some source out there that maybe their 3-bet should be 8%. Their C-bet should be 70%. But they look at their stats, and they don't see those numbers. So they start to cram in more 3-bets, cram in more C-bets, kind of willy-nilly, just to hit those quote-unquote optimal percentages. Well, after today, you will not be chasing optimal stats. Instead, you're going to use statistics to plug leaks, learn new strategies, and exploit your opponents. So strap in, whip out that poker journal. Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) And go to the show notes page to help you take notes, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 460. And take a look at the sidebar on the right. Sign up for the How to Win Online Poker Workshop. This is going to teach you the three secrets to become a standout winner in the micro stakes. Let's get it on. Gambate! Warm it all up! Everything you've got! Come on, you hate! Chasing quote-unquote optimal statistics, that's a thing that a lot of players struggle with. When you hear a coach say something like, an optimal 3-bet percentage is 8%, that kind of makes you think that you must hit that percentage in order to be a winning player. So maybe you start to force 3-bets to hit this quote-unquote optimal percentage. But here's the key point. Do not chase statistics. Instead, I want you to use statistics to exploit your opponents, plug your leaks, Build missing skills and let your statistics fall where they may. Statistics are just numerical values for how you play. So if you use their stats to understand their tendencies and make plays that exploit them, your new statistics will reflect this. If you find leaks with your statistics and you work to plug them, your stats will reflect this. And if you use statistics to spot areas of opportunity and work to build missing skills, your statistics will reflect this as well. So let's start with how your statistics reflect the exploits you use against your opponents. If you always strive to exploit your opponents, if you play the player all the time, your stats will just naturally reflect your plays. Let's start with a short run example where your statistics are a natural result of the opponents that you're up against. You're playing a two-table session. On table one, Your opponents, on average, they raise and then fold versus 3-bets 80% of the time. On table 2, they raise then fold versus 3-bets, on average, only 10% of the time. You play the player and strive to exploit your opponents at every opportunity. So what do you think your 3-bet percentage is going to be on each of these tables? Well, on table 1, your 3-bet is probably going to be high, maybe even as high as 15%. This, of course, assumes that you get good cards and opportunities to 3-bet. They're folding 80% of the time, after all, so this incentivizes you to 3-bet bluff more. And on table 2, your 3-bet's going to be low, like 3% or even less. Because they're not folding, you're not 3-bet bluffing. Instead, you're probably going to make larger size 3-bets to exploit their non-folding tendencies. Now, let's extend this to the long run. You're going to play thousands of sessions like this. If you always play the player, and you exploit your opponents to the best of your ability, your stats will reflect this over thousands of tables, thousands of opponents, and multiple thousands of hands. 
You don't want to chase statistics to hit some magical, optimal number in the long run. But if you're doing things right, the stats you end up with could be considered optimal statistics for you. It's your play style, your stake, the site you play on, and the opponents you play against that will dictate your ongoing statistics. Now let's talk about using your statistics to find leaks to plug and letting your statistics naturally change because of this. So poker leaks are tendencies that you have that cost you money, like calling too often pre-flop and losing, calling rivers and losing, calling c-bets and losing, or maybe even 3-bet bluffing too much and losing. Your statistics, in tandem with your win rates, they reveal your leaks, and your leaks tell you where to focus your efforts. So here's an example of finding and plugging a leak with a student named John. Now John came to me with a 38.66% call preflop 2-bet. Let's round up to 39%. He was calling a heck of a lot in every position, but especially in the blinds. Right when I saw this number on the tracker, I knew it was going to be his biggest leak, and I confirmed that fact by filtering and looking at his calling win rates. And you can see a screenshot of this in the show notes page. When I filtered for call preflop 2-bet, it showed a horrendous negative 280 big blinds per 100 hands over 382 calls. So this means every call on average was costing him about 2.8 big blinds. His total calling losses were $104.64. And I did the math on this. If he had folded all 382 hands instead of calling, he would have saved himself $89.26 in losses. So yes, obviously this is a huge leak for him, and his statistics and win rates pointed this out. After seeing this, I gave John some calling strategies to use, some PokerForge videos to study, and we worked on it over a few weeks. He's now calling at just 4.69%, let's call it 5%, and he's actually earning money by calling. Over his most recent 202 calls, he earned $59.19 with a positive 238 big blinds per 100 hands. So each call, on average, is now earning him 2.38 big blinds. Leak plugged, and John didn't just notice a high calling percentage and decided to decrease it. Instead, he learned how much of a painful leak this was, he studied great strategy, and he turned calling into a winning play. This is the power of finding your leaks by analyzing your stats and win rates, and then, of course, working to plug those leaks. And after this process of uh, finding and plugging leaks, your ongoing statistics and your win rates are going to naturally reflect the changes that you've put into your own game. And now for the final point, use your statistics to build missing skills and let your own statistics naturally change. So here's another student. His name is Roy. He plays on Ignition Poker, 10, 25, and 50 NL. He came to me concerned that his small 3-bet percentage was an issue, and he asked me, should I 3-bet more often? His 3-bet was 3.09%. We'll just call it 3% over 41,700 hands. He told me that it seems like his opponents rarely fold to 3-bets, so he did the unthinkable. He decided to mostly 3-bet for value. Yeah, sacrilege, right? You know that I'm a huge fan of 3-bet bluffing, and in fact, I have a one-day course teaching you how to 3-bet bluff. However, I don't think we should increase our 3-bets just to hit some imaginary optimal percentage. If we're going to pursue more 3-bets, it should be in order to make more money. 
So Roy sent me his numbers. 44,700 hands, positive 8.18 big blinds per 100 hands, 3-bet at 3%. His 3-bet preflop success was at 37%. Now that just is uh, how often your opponents fold to your 3-bets preflop. He also sent me his results when 3-betting. Over the sample size, he made 483 bets with a win rate of positive 779 big blinds per 100 hands, which means on average, he was earning 7.79 big blinds each time he 3-bet. Now, at 3%, he's an honest 3-better who rarely 3-bet bluffs, and he admits to this. I mean, his numbers speak to it, but he personally admitted it to me as well. And this is because his opponents just aren't folding often. That's why he's not 3-betting. They're only folding 37%. So if they ain't folding, why should he 3-bet bluff? Now, this is great exploitative thinking on his part, and I cannot fault his small 3-bet because of this. His strategy of mostly value 3-betting on ignition up through 50 NL, it works, and it's given him a super lovely win rate. Remember, positive 779 big wines per 100 hands. However, we have to ask, can he earn more money by 3-betting more often? So it's interesting that Roy's tiny 3-bet at 3% is still uh, allowing him to be very profitable. It kind of flies in the face of all the advice out there, have a balanced 3-bet range, or you have to 3-bet bluff to earn more from your value 3-bets. However, like I mentioned before, his low percentage, it's an indication that he rarely 3-bet bluffs. This isn't a leak, as he's not losing money, but he is missing out on money. What if he learned to find and execute more profitable 3-bet bluffs? Let's do a simple thought experiment. Let's imagine this situation happens to him once every 100 hands. The loose and aggressive cutoff player open raises to 3 big blinds. Roy recognizes a great 3-bet bluffing opportunity, and he pulls the trigger and makes a bluff 3-bet to 9 big blinds. Both blinds fold, as does the cutoff. Roy just made a successful 3-bet bluff, and he earned 4.5 big blinds for it. Now, if Roy was able to pull off a bluff like this once every 100 hands, what does this do to his win rate? Yep, it would add 4.5 big blinds to his win rate. So it would increase from positive 8.18 to positive 12.68 big blinds per 100 hands. That's an increase of more than 50%. Now this gives Roy a great incentive to build his 3-bet bluffing skills. It's not just seeing his statistic is low, but seeing how much more he could earn by improving this skill. And because he's 3-bet bluffing more, his 3-bet percentage is going to naturally increase. Speaking of 3-bet bluffing, I have to thank these awesome poker peeps for picking up my one-day 3-bet bluffing course. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash 3-bet bluffing course, saw what it was all about, made the purchase, and now they are crushing their opponents with 3-bets. So I want to thank Antonio Altamirano, Werner Tashner, Sean Knowles, Simone Ferrari, Dongyan Wang, Mario Resendez, Niralala Andrianitovo, Yaroslav Vrana, Michael Dube, Donald DeGroff, Alberto Preti, Michael Kane, Liam Weston, Renee Amberger, Chris Galbraith, Jerry Smith, Gary Hurlbut, Gerald Crone, Tony Martinez, and Susan Braniff. If you want to become profitable 3-bet bluffers like these poker peeps, go to smartpokerstudy.com slash 3-bet bluffing course right now. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. 
Use your statistics and win rates to find your own areas of opportunity so you know where to focus your efforts for maximal gains. You can download a free stats and win rates tracker on the show notes page, and there's two videos there showing you how to use the tracker and how to analyze your numbers. After you record your numbers, do just that, analyze them. Are there any numbers that stand out to you? Maybe you're overly honest or bluffy in certain spots. Do your statistics indicate any easy exploits your opponents can use against you? Are you using their statistics in-game to exploit them? Are there any big losing win rates that indicate leaks you should work on? Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Alrighty, thank you so much for listening. Go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 460. Download that stats and win rates tracker, watch the two videos, and get to work right now using your stats, not chasing stats. And while you are on the show notes page, sign up for the How to Win Poker Workshop so you can learn the three secrets to become a standout winner in the microstakes. Until next time, Take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.